Welcome, everyone. My name is Mike Gary, and I'm here with uh, Dan Blair and Susan uh, Braun. And we're here to uh, kick off uh, episode two of the Innovation Alley podcast this week. So it's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, behind us here, I have uh, John Ferris from uh, Envision Edge. How's it going, John? Doing well. Great to be here, Mike. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about um, innovation engineering and what uh, small businesses, startups, and, and, and enterprise can do it uh, do with it. So, you know, can you kick us off? What exactly is innovation engineering? So, innovation engineering basically is a systems approach to taking big ideas turning them into reality and commercializing either a product or a service. So it's really a stepped process to first of all, create unique ideas. And we define innovation as being meaningfully unique. Uh, so the idea needs to be unique, meaning different, but more importantly, it needs to, be, needs to be meaningful where somebody sees value in it. So a customer is going to pay more for the product, use the product more or what have you. So it's really that formula of defining a unique idea but creating it into reality, which includes things such as creating a math model, creating a business case, so that there's actually a market opportunity for it, good margin, et cetera. Then you run through the discipline of what we call fail fast, fail cheap cycles of learning, which would be rapid prototyping, customer testing, getting in front of customers to make sure it's really resonating with, with folks. And then identifying very clearly what those death threats are, or the great big things that will get could get in the way of commercialization. And then systematically going through and removing those death threats. Now, it could be that some of those death threats are just so big that we actually kill the project because sometimes people will carry on with innovation despite the fact that all the information is showing people that we should stop here because they're so passionate about it. But including the fact that there are death threats that are identified and if they're so big that they need to be uh, stopping the project, then let's actually stop this, uh, this commercialization right here and now or take a different tack or a different path. But it's really that discipline of t idea generation all the way through to launching of a product. So you, you talked about the the, uh, the, the, again, the 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 death threats, killing it off. But you know, how about on the the ideation side? Like, what's what's unique about how you can generate uh, ideas with innovation engineering? Say, like for a startup or for a, a mid-sized enterprise. Sure. Yeah. There's. There's kind of two ingredients for coming up with ideas because often what happens when organizations are idea generation, idea generating, you're sitting in a big room and you might have a, a whiteboard or a flip chart and you're just basically brainstorming. We kind of we call it brain dumping. You're actually all you're doing is putting a few things down on the on the whiteboard and not really generating really rich, meaningfully unique ideas. So what we do is first of all, it requires leveraging diversity. So you get a multiple people in the room. It's very difficult to generate ideas on on your own or with one or two people. So we get multiple people from an organization, could include customers, suppliers, et cetera, get multiple people together, but then you apply stimulus. And the key is a multiple stimulus. So some of the stimulus could be things such as, we use this one exercise, we call it take over time. So let's assume that the organization or uh, there's, there's the entity is taken over by a, a big company such as Starbucks, a coffee company. If uh, Starbucks takes this company over, what would they do to help solve this particular problem that the startup or the company is, is trying to solve? So you apply different levels of thinking to, to basically that problem by using different levels of, of stimulus. So we have 130 different types of innovation tools that we use to generate different levels of stimulus. Some of it's 
kind of easy type of things like the takeover example that I, I talked to you about. Some of it's very, you know, very uh, abstract. We use analogies, for example, to help try to solve problems for companies that others have solved in other industries, but could be applied to this particular industry. So it's using those particular tools to generate really cool ideas. Awesome. So really, so like, it's not just a bunch of people thinking, you know, thinking in a room and, and guessing with something. It's it's a framework to make sure they're they're thinking of a diversity of ideas that they may not have actually cared about or thought about before, and, and putting them all together. Well, exactly. And and the key is we go through a very very regimented uh, process. So first of all, idea generation, which is kind of open source idea generation. Uh, and then you focus on distilling those or converging those ideas down that are, are more more specifically focused on solving the customer's problem. Now, a lot of times ideas that are generated aren't focused on what the problem is that we're trying to solve. It's really the concept of design thinking. You fall in love not with the idea, you actually fall in love with the problem. So we focus on, first of all, before you even get to idea generation, what is the specific problem we're trying to solve for a customer here? So we identify very clearly what the problem is, and then we focus on the idea generation activities that could help solve that problem. So you really fall in love with the problem, clearly articulate what that is, and then you generate those ideas to help solve that problem. So there's a lot of talk about like the framework and, and ideation and stuff. Um, with, with my company, we build a lot of innovative projects with clients that are helping them solve problems, but a lot of them are very risk adverse. Um, when you're working with people coming up with ideas, how do you help them manage like the idea of risk? Because innovation can't happen without, without any amount of risk, right? Yeah, you've got it. I, whether it's a small startup or very large companies that we deal with, risk is, is something that always uh, comes up as a, as a concern. And the, the key to min, minimize or reduce risk, you'll never eliminate risk. At the end of the day, we're, we're in business and we will make decisions that are, are risky. What we want to do is minimize our risk as much as possible. And to do that within the, our process, we actually move quick, very quickly once the idea, ideas are generated, we move to the math modeling. So let's really look Look at what the sales and revenue opportunities are. What's the margin opportunity for this? What is the actual uh, operating cost, et cetera? So once you start itemizing those things and start working through that in a, in, a, in a disciplined format, then you start by its nature decreasing the risk because you get smarter every time you do that. The other way to reduce risk is, is do small iterations. You're not, you know, if you're doing a rapid prototype, you're not doing a great big investment. You're doing something that is a small investment. You're going to get it in front of a customer, get some feedback. You're going to get some further stimulus and then make a small refinement from there. So you're not making these big, big jumps of decision making. You're taking these small little steps in a very systemized approach, which by its nature actually reduces that risk along the way. So from a startup perspective, if I wanted to get engaged with, with using innovation engineering techniques, how, how would a startup go, go about finding out more about the methodology? Uh, well, one way would be to talk to us. We'd have, be happy to, uh, to talk through the methodology. We have an amazing partnership with the folks at North Forge and uh, with the crew there, so that they're very well versed in in the method methodology we uh, we 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 focus on. Our 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 job is actually not to be the gurus. We're not going to come in and do the work. Our job is to really enable organizations to do this. So we offer training programs as well on the methodology. So that's a really quick access point. So you can learn some of the quick steps of innovation engineering, so that you can apply them uh, right within your workplace quickly. 
Awesome. So from a startup perspective, I know you guys, you've worked with, with applying the method in, in startups, with startups, but you know, really the, the core focus of what you guys do is, is large enterprise and, and building innovation programs for them. You know, what are some of the lessons you know, medium and large enterprise can learn from startups about how to innovate? That's a great, great question, Mike. And that's, that's kind of the paradox of innovation between large, mid, and, uh, and uh, uh, small com- companies or startups. While innovation in a small startup, the challenge often is once you come up with the idea, how do you actually commercialize it? What steps do you take? What math? What death threats? What are the iterations that you take and the discipline you take to, to commercialize? And then layered on top of that, as you start getting some, some, some success, you have to build in some business systems like HR practices, financial systems, all, all that type of thing, So, which, uh, which companies don't have. They just don't have that, which helps them get to that next level of growth. The paradox with the mid and the large guys is that they often have these systems, and those systems actually are getting in the way of them rapidly innovating. So they have a hard time generating or capturing ideas. There may be lots of ideas percolating within the company, but they can't capture it. In a small company or a startup, you can, because there's one or two people starting out and you're sharing ideas and the dynamics are flowing. In the mid to large companies, they're having a very difficult time capturing the ideas, and once those ideas are captured, running it through a system to really quickly do it is really the challenge. So, I mean, the large companies uh, can learn from the startups from the perspective of agility, moving quickly, sharing information, the speed of communication, very rapidly changing. Uh, On the other hand, the startups can learn some of that discipline of, you know, doing your math modeling, doing your customer testing, doing the rapid prototyping. We, we call it a rhythm of accountability. Hold yourself accountable on a regular basis to hit targets and milestones, which mid-sized to large guys are often very good at that. Sometimes the startups can't or just don't this is because they haven't grown up in that space. So I think there's just such an amazing sharing of, of those type of business practices between the, the startup folks and the mid to large guys that it could be a very powerful um, uh, lessons learned. Yeah, so like when you're when you're implementing the framework, um, are you finding that some organizations are resisting it a little bit more than others? Like, are there different industries that you find are more prone to want to work in a more agile, more uh, innovation focused framework than others? So, what we found is that um, there's nothing in- industry specific or through a vertical that. Uh, prevents or slows down innovation uh, based on the nature of an industry. One of the keys that we're finding out is actually it comes down to the leadership mindset. So it's a leadership mindset that often will dictate or will uh, determine whether innovation is going to be successful or not. So leadership teams, for example, that are open to innovation, they're open to change, and most importantly, they're willing to delegate and allow employees and team members come up with ideas. Those are the ones that are, are, are the most successful. Those organizations where leaders are very protective, they're kind of very silo-based and they don't want to share information or share ideas, those are the ones that just cannot embrace innovation. It doesn't matter what strategy you have in place. It doesn't matter what system you have in place. If those leaders do not have that innovation mindset and that willingness to be open to ideas, generate ideas, implement a system, then it's just not going to work. So again, it's not industry specific. It's fundamentally in the mindset of the leaders that will determine whether the innovation system will be successful or it won't be. 
So you, you use the word uh, innovation system. Uh, you know, for um, uh, you know, can you tell us about like how hard is this thing to implement? Like, is, is this something I, I, I uh, is going to take me days and, and, and weeks and months to, to put into my in my organization, or uh, is there an easy way to get started in, in innovation engineering? Yeah, uh, great question. So it's uh, we're about enabling innovation, and we want to get started quickly. Now, for the full, and if you're in a mid and large company and want to implement it across the organization. It's going to take a long time to, to fully implement it. However, you can start within a department or an area, or if it's a smaller organization, you can start right away. Once you know some of the fundamental principles, that can be applied right away. So for example, we do, a, um, in fact, we have a quick start innovation engineering training program coming up in February, but in three days, you really get a kickstart to the whole methodology. Two days of training on the systems and the steps that you can follow. Day three is focused on basically implementation of some ideas or, or opportunities that you have within your own organization. And, and that's intended so that you can start basically implementing the principles the next day. So it's not about the big massive system program that's gonna take years to implement. It's really about some of those techniques, those tools and things that you can practice right away. Now again, for the full system, it's gonna take some time because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's in integrating into the culture of your organization. But for some of the key tools and the processes and for a smaller company, you can get going right away with this. So I have one more quick question. Um, so for the the mindset issue, uh, because, of course, it's, it's never going to be completely fixed for an organization, but do you have any tips for people who are working in large corporations or large enterprises that have the issue of superiors that are in the wrong mindset? How can they go about changing the mind of those people? Like, have you seen anything that has worked for your clients in the past? <laughs> Yeah, so what we often do, we'll go in and just kind of assess the innovation readiness of a leadership team. And uh, we do that through, first of all, kind of identifying where some of those areas of resistance may be, and then make the compelling case for the innovation. Why are we actually doing it? So often when leaders see that at the end of the day, if they're doing this, they're implementing and supporting innovation, they will actually be more successful in what they're doing. So it's making that case of what life will look like after they implement full innovation uh, culture and, and system. So it starts with awareness and it starts with uh, focusing on and on those leaders that may be resistant. Frankly, there, there are times when that's just not gonna work. So we will actually work with organizations in some cases and they'll have to make some decisions. And uh, those organizations that truly wanna transform there's resistance at the leadership team, then they will have to make decisions about those leaders. Do they wanna keep them on the team or not? If they don't, if they want to make that next jump to fundamental transformation and innovation, they may, may, might need to make some changes within that leadership team. Perfect. Well, thank you, John. So, like I said, innovation engineering—it's a, a method that you know startups through enterprise can use. It's more than just brainstorming; it's that that system. So. Uh, that's really neat to see. Uh, so they can check uh, check out uh, Envision Edge online. Find out more about innovation engineering. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can check us out at uh, envisionedge.com. You can uh, call me directly. My uh, my number is 204-290-7110. Always love to talk about uh, innovation, growth, and transformation. And uh, we have a quick start program coming up February uh, 14th through 16th right here in Winnipeg as well. So if anybody's interested, love to talk. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, sir. Take care.